Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. It's always such a joy for me to speak to you and to minister about the great miracles in the Bible. I don't think my life is long enough to tell you about all the miracles that we find there and the beautiful uh, hidden secrets within those miracles. I mean, every miracle has a miracle within it and also brings forth a new miracle in our life as we read about those miracles. Oh, I tell you, I don't know about you, my dear brother, sister, listener, but when I read those miracles, they just encourage me and they give me a new revelation of who God is and what he wants to do in my life. And I was thinking what to minister about in this session, and it just hit me. It would be so good to tell you a little bit more about myself and tell you also some of the private things in my life, the things I went through, and how God made those miracles of the Bible also a reality in my life and gave me great and wonderful miracles. My life is one miracle after another. I tell you, really, a life with Jesus is a miracle life, and it's a happy life. And so I just want to tell you about the wonder-working power of the Lord in my life and the great miracles I experienced and also the small miracles that were there in my life but that are oh so important. It's not always in the great miracles that we find the great revelation of God. It's many times in the small miracles. Well, every miracle is a great miracle, but I think you know and understand what I mean. It's in the little things that God does in our life that we can really see how big, how awesome, and how great he is, and that he would have time to spend with us and that he would be involved in our life. I think that's a miracle by itself. Well, the great miracle of my first birth, my birth, oh, Papa, he had said, I want two more children. I believe that God has two more children for us. And he was already a little bit at age, but God gave him two more children. My sister, Danielle, who was born first, and I am the last one of eight children. Well, Papa was 50 years old when I was born and Mama 42. And when Mama was giving birth to me, she said, John, I was just praying in tongues because I believed that a child would be born that God would use in his lifetime. And uh, Papa, when he heard that it was another boy, he shouted out and said, another preacher has been born. Well, I'm the eighth child of evangelist Johann and Dr. Johann and Willy Mina Masbach. And, you know, that's quite a miracle if if I think of the small families today and the modern way of uh, deciding how many children people will take and when they will take them, and many have uh, in these days uh, one, two children, and I can understand it for different reasons. Uh, and in many countries, uh, they're not allowed to have more children because of the amount of people that are born each year. So I can understand that it's not always possible. But I'm so thankful I need to go back to even grandpapa and grandmama. They had 14 children, and my papa was number 13. If they would have lived in this modern society or in these days and only had two or three children, papa would never have been born, 
and the world would have lost a great blessing. They would have missed a great blessing. And so also my parents, I'm glad they did not stop after two, three, four children, but they kept going, praise the Lord for the blessing and the fruit of the womb, and that I was born as child number eight. And so I think my birth is already a great blessing. And also it was not just a longing out of the flesh, out of the nature of Papa and Mama, but they felt that God wanted to give another child as a blessing to the world. And dear people, I want you to realize and know that to take children or have children, they must be given to us. And I say that because, you know, Godelief and me, my wife, oh, we wanted many children as our parents had. And, oh, I wanted at least uh, enough to have a small soccer team. Eh? Well, I don't think I would have gone that far. But at least we wanted more children. But after our third son, it just stopped. And um, we prayed and believed and expected, but uh, God gave us three boys. And I'm very thankful for these three boys, but that was what was given to us. And I'm so thankful for them. I can understand some are listening, and maybe you don't have a child at all, and you wanted children in your life. And so uh, let's believe, and let me say a prayer for you if you have been unfruitful. I just want to speak out in the name of Jesus. Father, you hear those that are listening, and maybe they want children, and they would love to have children, but somehow the womb is closed. Somehow they're not fertile, and the blessing of children is not coming. I'm just praying right now for that miracle of a miracle child in their life. And Lord, I believe as I pray, as you have done it many times on the mission field, when I prayed for people that could not have children, and you bless them with a child, so I pray for my listeners right now who need a miracle to have a child. Give them that child right now as a blessing to the world. May it be as in the story of Hannah that the children that are born out of those that are listening right now will be the Samuels, the prophets of this new generation. Yes, Lord, there is a purpose behind it. And so I ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, make them fertile, open the womb and bless them with a child, Lord, as you have promised in your word. In Psalms 127, verse 3, or as it says, Behold, children are a heritage and gift from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Bless them right now with that reward, Lord. Bless them with a child. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so I believe my existence on this earth is a miracle. Oh, if you can see the beautiful pictures they have of that unborn child. I mean, in olden days, you could not have that. But as you see how that child is woven together in the womb and how it's brought together and how it grows and the beating heart and then the limbs and everything that comes about, it's so perfect. It's so beautiful. Yes, it's truly true. As the Bible said, we are wonderfully made by the Lord. Oh, hallelujah for that miracle. So I believe in that miracle of my birth. I believe it's a blessing that I was born, not just on this earth, but I was born in a Christian home. So I thank the Lord for that blessing of being born in a Christian home. And it was not just any Christian home. I am so thankful that I was born in a home, in a Christian home that believed in the power of Pentecost. I think that is so important. Oh, as I minister around the world, I 
work together with many denominations and with many different churches, and maybe we don't always agree in every little detail, but that's not important. We have the main guidelines that we adhere to and that we believe together that Christ is the foundation of all. If Christ is not there as the foundation of all, well, then I don't think there is room for us to work together. But when Christ is there, all the little details, they'll come together. But I'm so glad that I was in a home where they believed in the power of Pentecost. They believed in the working of the Holy Spirit. And so that is important in our life. I mean, what would I do? How could I minister? How could I travel around this world and preach the gospel without the power of Pentecost, without the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life? I could not do it. I could not do it without the Holy Spirit. And so I'm so glad as a young boy, I was already introduced to the Holy Spirit and a desire was put in my heart to also stretch out and to expect the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm glad that I was not just born in a Christian home, in a Pentecostal home, but I was also born in a home of called ministers of the Lord. There was a calling on my father. There was a calling on my mother. And so I believe in that calling also upon the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. And I was in a home where we believed that God chose people and called them for his work and where he anointed them and where he blessed them with the Holy Spirit and with his power and wisdom and strength to move in the ministry. So I'm so very thankful that in our home as a young boy, there was always that atmosphere of faith. And many times we had guest ministers at our home, and there would be that, that atmosphere of faith as they were talking together about the things of God, about the miracles of the Lord. As he was working around the world, they would tell the testimonies. And as a young boy, I always heard those wonderful testimonies. Well, they have a sign here in the different Christian bookshops, and it's a, a beautiful little thing that you can hang on the wall at home, and it says, Christ is the head of this house. He is the unseen guest at every meal, and he is the silent listener of every conversation. Well, it sounds beautiful, and it has a meaning, but I think it was so different in our home. Yes, Christ was and is the head of our home, but he was not the unseen guest and he was not the silent listener. He was seen. Oh, Christ has been seen in our home, and he is still seen in our home today. And he was not a silent listener, but he had an opinion and a voice, and he spoke in every conversation that we had. Whatever would be going on in our home, Papa would always open the Bible, and that would be the ground where we had to meet each other. You could have your opinion, he could have his opinion, but the Bible would be opened, and then it was the opinion of Christ. It was the voice of Christ. It was whatever Christ would say. That would be the reality and the truth that we both would have to adhere to, and we would have to bow down for, and we had to acknowledge and accept. And so Christ was not a silent listener. Oh, I think in so many homes, he is the unseen guest. Christ was not a guest. He is the homeowner. He was the one sitting on the throne in our house, and he was seen and he was heard. Let Christ be seen and heard in your home. Well, I think of the great miracle of my second birth, my rebirth, 
Oh, how wonderful when Jesus says in John chapter 3, a very famous chapter, of course, verse 3 to 6, he says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified, he cannot ever see or experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? And Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. What a powerful word of the Lord Jesus to all of us. Doesn't matter if you are born in a Christian home or not, you must be born again. And so it was also for me. I had to be born again. Well, I thought I was a nice, clean young man. You know, I'm not saying I never sinned or did anything wrong. Oh, I did some things wrong in my life. I I said some things that I shouldn't have said, and I did some things. Well, you know, once I stole three packs of gum. Don't tell everybody, but I stole three packs of gum. I put them in my boot at the gas station, but I tell you that gum never tasted any good. Did that make me a thief, a real thief? I I, I knew it was not right, but you know, to be a real thief, well, you need to steal more than three packs of gum. At least that was how it was in my mind, to be a real sinner. I remember the street plays and things. We would want to portray a sinner, and they still do it today in churches and on on the street. They, they do these little plays and skits, and they want to portray a sinner. Well, you know, if you want to portray a sinner, you must show someone who is smoking, or you show someone walking around with money, that he has the lust of money, or maybe someone that worships an idol, and, and, and we can make these sinners in such a way that we categorize them and that we put them in such a way that we say, now that is a sinner. But me, no, I'm a, I'm a church-going, born in a Christian home. Oh, I did some things, you know, but I, I don't fit that picture, that profile. But, you know, I knew that, that there was something that was not right there, and I needed to know grace. I, I had been born in that Christian home as a baby already brought to church, always went to Sunday school and was active in the church even from a very young age. And so, well, I I knew I was not perfect, but you know, to be a sinner, to fit that profile, well, then you really had to be a gangster or someone. But at the same time, I knew I needed grace. So I said, Lord, I need to understand grace in his fullness. So how, how can I do that? Must I go into the world and commit some horrible sin, maybe visit a prostitute or something like that, and then come back home to church, kneel down before the altar with tears in my eyes and say, well, now I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness and please forgive me, Lord. But you know, my heart, there was something upright in there that I wanted to know. I was just blinded in some way. And so one night, I remember, I will never forget this. I was a young man, I think, probably about 15, 16 years old there. And I was, I, I was sleeping, but I woke up 
and I had an experience with the Holy Spirit. It was like the blood of Jesus. Oh, just gave me a shower on the inside. Every part of my being, every cell of my body, soul, and spirit was being washed by the blood of Jesus. Oh, it was such a divine moment as I was being cleansed and and sanctified and made holy by the blood of Jesus. That experience, I will not forget it. You see, I thought I was a clean young man. I knew I had done some things wrong, but a sinner in such a way, well, I thought I did not fit that profile and that I, I knew I needed the blood, but, but not in that way. But after I was cleansed, I tell you, I understood that I was just as much a sinner as the one I thought before was the worst of sinners. I realized at that moment through a revelation of the Holy Spirit that I was just as lost. Even though I was born in that Christian home and went to church, I was just as lost without the blood of Jesus as those that maybe were born in a brothel. Oh, I was just as lost, brothers and sisters, and I needed that cleansing of the blood. Oh, I was just as guilty as much as the other. I was on my way to hell. I was lost for eternity, and it was only because of the intervention of Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. It was only because of that blood, that same blood that cleansed those that may be in our eyes are the worst of sinners. It was that same blood and remedy that I needed in my life to become holy and sanctified and saved for eternity. Oh, after that experience, I tell you, oh, I don't talk about others as being sinners and me. Oh, I was just, you know, oh, I did some little things. No, I was just as lost and just as sinful as the other. But the difference is the blood of Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. What a miracle. It is the greatest miracle of all. And that experience, I tell you, so many years after that experience, it's still the motivation behind everything I do to go to the mission field and tell others about Christ. What I experienced in my life, they need to experience in their life. I was lost as they were lost. It doesn't matter where they are lost. They are just as lost as I was lost in whatever I was lost in, and I needed Jesus to save me as they need Jesus to save them. And so that also gave me such a compassion for sinners. It also gave me a love for sinners, and it compelled me, and it's pushing me to preach the gospel through whatever means that is to my disposal and that is possible and and able for me to use to preach the gospel. So dear brothers and sisters, oh, next time I want to tell you about more miracles in my life, but, but these miracles, and especially this last miracle, oh, I'm so thankful I can share it with you. And so I would like to pray with everyone who is listening to this broadcast, and maybe you need salvation in your life. Maybe you think you don't fit the profile of a sinner, Maybe you know that you have done some things wrong and your life is not perfect, but yet to be sent to hell for eternity because of your sinful life? No, you cannot imagine the good and loving God in heaven to do something like that. But I tell you, my friend, Jesus said it, unless a man is born again, oh, what is born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is spirit. You need to be born again. 
through the Spirit of God. Father, I pray right now for all those that are listening and never had a real, genuine, born-again experience. Give them that wonderful, mighty miracle right now as you come into their life, as they open their heart and invite you to come in. Come and cleanse them through the blood that you shed for us on Calvary's cross. Oh, Heavenly Father, see the sacrifice of your Son that was made on behalf of our sins and cleanse us and make us holy and save us and make all things new as you have promised in your word. Bless them right now as you have saved them right now and let every promise that you have given in your word become a reality in their life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for this great, awesome, wonderful, and greatest miracle of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 